0: Hello my spooky friends. This is John, your host for Dairyland Frights. And I just wanted to ask you uh, if you could please help support my podcast here. I am now on Patreon. And if you could give a dollar, three dollars, uh everything helps so I can buy better equipment. Uh, be able to afford, you know, maybe some studio time or, or get some additional people to help out with research. And I know you really don't have to do anything, but I, I truly appreciate it, especially, uh, you know, running this podcast by myself can be a challenge them days, but I do love it. And I do appreciate all your support. And again, I say, thank you, my spooky friends. I truly appreciate it. My spooky friends, this is John, and I'm your host for Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. And again, I'm so blessed. I I, I can't believe I got these guys on the show. I did not bribe them. They came (laughs) willingly. I did not try to put them up for ransom or blackmail them. Uh, I just want to make that clear so that is out (laughs) but it is brennan and Paul from the ghost story guys so how are you guys doing welcome
1: thank you for having us man I, I gotta say if you had tried to ransom me you would just end up having someone else in your house you had to feed there's no one who's gonna pay for me
2: oh. <laughs> Paul! can i get some money for you <laughs> i'm well I'm, I'm 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 a big cheese fan so by all means okay. you can you can uh, bribe me with dairy products no problems
1: We're just going to end up living under your stairs like Harry Potter.
2: Nice.
0: (laughs) As long as I can hit you with like a little twig or whatever the heck the guy used to hit. (laughs) Oh, whatever does it for you. That's fine. Yeah, I'll just hit you with that. Get back. what are you doing? (laughs) I'll go go mental with all the letters coming in from. Oh, boy, it's been a while since I watched that. Uh, Anyway, so. I know you guys have probably you've been on a little bit longer than i have and you, you've been asked us a million questions about how you got started and, and what interest in the paranormal so i'm going to be one of those guys and ask you <laughs> how did you get started on your podcast and um brennan or paul well you want to you want to tell my spooky friends how
1: everything got started here
2: i'll defer to brennan
1: all right oh boy uh so i i got into the paranormal when i was a kid i mean my family would tell ghost stories around the dinner table when they would get together because the house they grew up that my mother's side, was probably grew up and was haunted mm-hmm. and um i would also you know we we didn't have many ghost books in our school library um but the few that we did have they're you know like those little thin uh i can't i don't even know who published them but i would read stories from that to my friends and kind of really enjoyed doing that. Um, and then I, I sort of went through a, a, like a grouchy atheist. You know, I don't believe in any of the things. And I started coming out of that probably in my, uh maybe late twenties. Like, t- yeah. And then uh, it was about, about the time I started working on my book, Strange Little Place, uh, available oh. everywhere. Find books yourself. Thanks. <laughs> um, and that kind of got me. I, I had some experience, like some real experiences then, because I'd had a couple of things happen that were weird, but I had a couple experiences that were undeniable. And that just totally changed everything for me.
0: Yeah. So let's get into that. Um, tell me about, Brennan, your experience that kind of like moved you, like
1: that made you kind of believe,
0: hey, there might be something behind that
1: with the stereotype. Yeah. So, I mean, the short version is basically I. I went back to Revelstoke, my hometown, to start researching strange. And I had a couple odd things happen. And I was back at work on the Monday, you know, I'd returned or whatever, talking to the receptionist and telling her some of the spooky stories. And it, she'd had her own, and she was telling me. And then as we're talking, I see in the empty office behind her, and we were we were the only ones in the entire office, that I see mm-hmm. this old black head peek out. Yeah hold there just long enough for me to see it and then go back. Uh And then uh, about two weeks later, I woke up in the morning. My wife had already gone to work. I remember looking at the clock on her side of the bed and I think it might have been eight 30 in the morning, something like that. So I rolled back on my side and I realized it's like there was someone right here, but there's a table there. So they couldn't be standing there. Yeah. When I turned my head to look, it was a shadow in the shape of a person It fell across me in the beds before I could move. And it was like electricity shot throughout my entire body. And I I passed out. Mm. And I woke up, what, half an hour later and I thought, well, that just happened.
0: Wow. Wow. And and did you feel ever, a lot of people say, too, that they kind of felt like this really um, stuck with them for the rest of their life? Because it sounds like it, it has, right? Like this, you, you tell it like it's yesterday,
1: right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's permanently changed the course of my life. You know, I mean, I, I like I do this full time now as like paranormal podcasting and that wouldn't have happened without that experience because I would have never believed it. You know, I would have just been like, oh, this is a, yeah. a fun novel thing I do with my spare time or something I have an interest in. But that yeah. just made me. It just, it hooked me, you
0: know. Yeah, absolutely. So, Paul, can you top it? <laughs> I don't and want Paul topping like, me.
1: Let's be clear.
2: Yeah. So Wait, I, I grew- go in a different direction. <laughs> well, it is Saturday, um, <laughs> so I, I grew up in a haunted house and had a very spooky family. My my grandmother was a was a uh, a reading psychic, um, friends with some great luminaries in the psychic field, but I wasn't aware of any of these people. I just thought she was a very popular person with all these visitors coming, mm-hmm. including the uh, infamous Doris Stokes, um, who was probably Britain's leading psychist in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, and we lived in a vicarage, really, and it's what it was. It was, had been converted. So I lived across the road from a graveyard Um and it was a, a big, sort of spooky house, split into three different uh dwellings, and um, we had didn't really have much happening other than it just it was very atmospheric, and then we were doing well, my stepfather was doing some gardening, and we discovered a grave in the front garden of a, of a mm. baby yeah. um, with the gravestone and everything on it, and obviously yeah. we, we got it removed. And then it all kicked off after that. Um, so we um, we had things moving about. Um, we had things dropping from the ceiling. We had furniture moved. We'd have the bath fill up. Um, I had a an older gentleman who would come and talk to me every night and tell me oh. about his life in the war. Wow. Um, and that all went on essentially until we'd left. So we were there um, for about... Four five years in total in the last two, um, we we basically had paranormal lodges. Yeah.
0: How? Please explain this to me, because I've never lived in a haunted house. So how do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis, right? Like, you're brushing your teeth, <laughs> and then, oh, there's an old guy behind me. Or, like, <laughs> the the like the faucet turned on. I didn't turn it on. Like, how do you deal with that? It's amazing.
2: I think we we misunderstand well misappreciate sometimes the 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 strength that children have mm. to be able to to be very adaptable we were never frightened by it um oh really because the ghost that was in my room wasn't the ghost that was in the rest of the house yeah so we we had two different things going on um mm. and there wasn't i mean there was only one incident that i was frightened by where i okay. was pushed in the toilet and i smashed my cheekbone on the on the toilet bowl mm. broke my cheekbone okay. yeah um that was the only thing i ever happened um my yeah. mum received a serious injury because um my favorite toy had been left on a step mm-hmm. uh, i i didn't leave it there and my brother wasn't yeah. old enough to put sure. it there and yeah. she slipped okay. on it and and snapped her toe in half and Ooh. had to have most of it removed yeah um, <laughs> so um, the dog wasn't very keen on him either. Um, whatever it was. And, um, and it would tease the dog quite a lot. Um, until we would say, knock it off. And, and we went through babysitters quite a lot. A lot of people had come and babysit one night bad. and then, and then they wouldn't come back. So basically we used to get shipped off to other people's houses because nobody <laughs> would come and stay. <laughs> Um, and and like I say, that was, you know, a couple of incidents that were bad. Most of the time, I just found it really interesting. Wow. That's, you know, what's funny is when we had
0: COVID here, uh, well, COVID everywhere, really, there were people talking about they there being a haunted house, right? And th- they didn't worry about it because they went to work and you have a life, right? So you're in and out. But when you're stuck there 24-7 and you can't do anything, and just a funny story I wanted to relay. I wrote uh, this article about this woman when she had a little boy that would bounce a ball against the wall. So it'd be thumb. But you know, and it bugged them, of course. But imagine hearing that 24-7. So eventually she just started yelling at the little boy, Will you shut up? you <laughs> that? <laughs> the... <Yeah. laughs> it's enough of that heroes nonsense. What <laughs> were you saying, Brennan? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, no, so I said that. that's enough of this Hogan's Heroes nonsense. <laughs> but that's just interesting to me because I've spoken to several guests who have, have haunted houses, who have, you know, been traumatized one way or another. By- I actually have a guest I talked to who believes there is a cryptid in a cave on her land. And she talked about how, like, she went to, she's a farmer, and she went to one time to her chicken house, and all the chickens were mutilated. Mm. Not by a wolf, not by a fox, because she says, I know the difference, and I'm just taking her word. And she was like, okay. And she went to the, she's gone to that cave to check it out, and she's heard things and, and seen footprints that she's put on her site. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to stay in that. <laughs> I don't know. I might be gone. I might be selling that property. I, t- I
1: don't know about you guys. <laughs> Bouncing balls are one thing, man, but if something's ripping things apart, I'm out of there.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm screaming like a little girl, and I'm gone. <laughs>
1: yeah. Forget, uh, uh, forget uh, little girls. Uh, <laughs> screaming like Ronnie James Dio when I'm getting out of there.
0: No. Good <laughs> scream. I love that. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things, too, is I always know, I've listened to your podcast, and again, you know, I love it. You know, I only have the best of the best on, on my show, and it's <laughs> very funny, and you guys have a different perspective. So one question I always ask my uh, paranormal people and my spooky friend is, Is there been a time where you've been researching something, and it affected you so greatly that you have maybe trouble sleeping? Maybe you, you had trouble um, just getting it out of your head. So, Brendan or Paul, you want to talk about that, or just something you brought? You maybe got an email from somebody, and you just like, wow, uh, email story, right? You know that just like, ooh, that's tough. What is <laughs> why is this affecting me?
2: And I think we we once had a voicemail doing the ghost story, guys, from someone um mm. explaining a personal experience which i found quite chilling because they yeah. they seem to consider it as paranormal and okay. um i considered it as abduction ooh okay could you tell that one um, or give me a brief having, note of it <laughs> yeah they were they were having weird dreams and experiences and seeing things at night and the more they told the story Within, I think it took me about a minute to think this isn't a haunting. This clearly isn't a haunting. What they're describing, because I, I love all weird things. So yeah. um, it, it just struck me straight away that what they were describing, maybe they were trying to comprehend it in a way that made it less traumatic for them. And so they wanted it to be paranormal.
0: But it didn't right. seem
2: anything paranormal in the slightest to me. I I found that quite disturbing because yeah. they didn't seem to. Like I say, I'm I'm maybe I'm presuming that, but they I don't think they realised what was going on.
0: Mm. Hmm. got you. Brennan, do you have anything that uh, affected you in a way where you're like, I don't think it's that, uh,
1: or you know? something similar uh so when i was writing the book um the missing time chapter really bothered me i i remember when i was i started actually i was in denver airport when i started writing it and then um i was finished it back home in victoria and i remember at one point having to leave the, the apartment and go outside because i felt I needed to feel connected to the world. I felt very isolated and almost observed. And it could have just been me psyching myself out. Mm -hmm. That one got to me. As far as stories from the show, uh, the one that we just did on a recent episode um, uh, that was sent in by a former combat medic who had served in Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, the short version is they were in Helmand uh, Helmand province. and they ended up tending to a lot of locals who'd been injured and being responsible for burning all the biohazard that was left over. Jeez. And there was a foot that would not burn. Hmm. And like they burned, they burned everything that, you know, all the, all the other biohazard stuff. that was part of the job. This foot burned or sat in the fire for hours and hours and hours and would not even char wow and that is yeah go ahead oh no just to finish that the night like they eventually left it in the fire and went came back to it in the morning and it was still there uh but that night they had a dream about there being a man dressed in white sitting in their medical tent facing away from them and that man was missing the foot that Mm. they were burning and uh they were the man started turning around to face them, and they were afraid to see his face, so they they woke themselves up intentionally.
0: Oh wow! Whew. Yeah, and you hear that a lot in war in stories. I remember a story I heard off another podcast about these. Uh, I believe it was some British soldiers in World War One, and they were you know in their trenches, and they looked out and saw like a shadow figure enter the German trench and all they heard was screams and gunfire and it just swept through this trench and all the the soldiers uh, the british soldiers who were over there were just terrified and no one left their trench like they didn't even leave and then the story goes the next morning they go in there and everybody dead everybody you know and it looks like according to military records there was some type of I don't know, how would you say lunacy or something that they each shot each other like, <clears throat> excuse me that everyone just went crazy and they saw something and they just killed each other, which by the way that's pretty scary, if you're looking at, you know, your your mate or whoever, and he just opens fire on you, and then everyone opens fire <laughs> I mean and you you hear that a lot in the military where they've seen shadows, they've seen other things. So whew, uh, that is another reason for no war. <laughs> um, yeah, we, so my next question oh, is, sure. do you think even if there was definitive proof that ghosts exist, would you think everyone would believe it? So let's say tomorrow, I catch a ghost, and I and I on um, on my iPhone, okay. And I go to a bunch of scientists. I go to a bunch of you know whoever to validate this thing, and then they say, "Oh, that's real. That is not a human being. That is I've never seen that before." Do you think people would believe that in the paranormal, or do you think it would be kind of status quo again, like ah, it's made up, it's CGI, it's whatever?
1: No one's yeah, ever going to so. believe you. And why? I mean, why do you think? I that? think it's too easy to fake things. There are too many people invested in various schools of thought that would preclude them from even considering its reality. Um, you know, you can have a thousand experts swear up and down it's real, but you're going to have another thousand who are going to tell you why. Well, maybe not. And there's always going to be contrarians who say no. Um, there are too many. It raises too many questions about life after death. About what that says mm. about the various scriptures, I know there's. It's. It, I. I just don't think people will ever. I don't think people would ever be on board with that. What do you think, Paul?
2: Yeah, probably. yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we only have to look at the world as it is, anyway, and there are sure. numerous things that are real that mm-hmm. portions of the population on this planet don't think's real. From, yeah. um alien contact to conspiracies involving all kinds of high-level officials across the world yeah. to, you know, Gordon Bennett, even the the world not being a sphere. Um, the moon is so f- existing. The, the moon. moon right. the, moon's the moon's not moon real. Landing. right? It's yeah. 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 Or oh, the moon's not even real. It's a giant projection. That's part of the flat Earth theory. Oh, that too. That too. Yeah. Um, so, flat Earth. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you know even even in everything that we know and we have the ability to to understand and find information on people still disbelieve it regardless Mm -hmm. evidence doesn't mean anything to some people regardless of your personal or political persuasions in the world
0: absolutely and and, you know that it's really interesting because i love flat earthers i know we're a paranormal podcast so (laughs) we'll get back to this but i love flat earthers who will sit there and be like Yep, it's flat. And you'll go, great, explain it to me. I, I want to learn more. I want to be open. Because I think most paranormal people, and I, I throw you guys into this too, are least, at least willing to listen, right? At least, like, okay, great, let, let, let's talk through this. So, like you said, believe, don't believe. And, you know, they'll just stick to that. And so I think you're right. So, my answers I've gotten back is, about if you prove go you're first of all the entire religion of Catholics Lutherans the the whole thing are gonna go nuts and they're gonna try to be like oh no they're gonna do everything they can to stop you and and to get that out there and then you're gonna have obviously people going oh my god so what does that mean for my afterlife you know I'm I'm staying here I'm not going to a heaven a hell uh Shre- Shangri La, you know, w- w- so I think it would. I think even if someone would have that, they it would be the smart thing not to bring it forward. Do you guys think
1: that like you would just kind of keep it in your whatever phone? <laughs> can There's a there's a fun book called Ghostland by uh mm. uh Duncan Ralston, and it's it's a horror novel, it's 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 fiction, but. It's about a, a theme park where they've captured ghosts and they have them on oh. display and he kind of contends with that a little bit with like what would it mean for us uh if what we think about religion is not true and what we think about and it's, it's it kind of has some fun with the idea it's it's a pretty intense book he writes pretty violent stuff but if you if any of your listeners are into you know like scary fiction ghostland the ghostland um uh, there's a name. I want to say like the ghost top tradition. It's huge. It's a huge book, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and um, before we get to the topic here, one of the things I love about you guys, you guys have a really nice commentary on life and you're talking, you <laughs> these things, where do you come up with that? Is that just off the top of your head or you just look at life and go, Hey, let's, let's put that out on Instagram and wherever, you know, <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs>
2: I'd like to say it's all planned, but it's not. Okay. it's <laughs> so entirely oh, no. every, everything we do most of the time is, is, is you know, obviously we've got a script and things, but, um, yeah, I, I'm a bit weird because uh, I just remember random things all the time. And um, and we just – we don't – the, the non, none of the conversations are scripted or anything. They, you know, these are our personal beliefs and our per, personal conversations, and it's from the heart, which I think is what – yeah, endears us to to some people, not all, yeah. but to most of our listeners, that um, they know where we're coming from and where you know, in general, our hearts are in the right places.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah, not everyone. We, we actually had a comment on Spotify. I don't think I told you this, Paul. I deleted it, but the guy said this show is constipated. <laughs> don't even know what okay. that means. I guess that means full of. i I won't swear on your show but i guess it means full of crap maybe but uh but yeah i thought that was kind of funny so yeah not everyone appreciates it and i know some people like the film is slow or whatever i'm like well go listen to someone else you moron i I don't don't care right right right.
0: yeah yeah and you know like i said i listen to it because you guys have a great variety of topics you have fun with it and it's like two mates at a pub or two dudes at a bar and you just you're just talking, right? And that's what gets lost in this world. There's a lot of crap out there that everyone has to have an opinion. And, you, you know, sometimes it's nice to be open and just say, let's talk about this, right? And let's have an open ideas about it.
1: My big thing is, is I don't ever, and I, I'm really like, I've been hung up on this for a long time. I don't ever want us to sound like we're trying to be gurus or sages. Because I do think that is something paranormal hosts can fall into. I think you start to you start to kind of see yourself in this like I don't know like you're some kind of voyager for truths and and I, there's a couple of shows I listen to and I like them well enough but sometimes I think guys just calm down, calm the hell down. Yeah. You're not Confucius. You're not yeah. puzzling out the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> like just you can approach these things. I'm like oh, I am exactly. asking deep questions. It's fun to ask deep questions, but you can't take yourself too seriously. And, and like there have been times you've it. Like, yeah. you fall into yeah. You know, I gotta do all we know. I gotta kick myself in the butt sometimes, but uh, you know we just we wanna be approachable but that's Paul's still time. have yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. Paul's Paul's next kick me in the butt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still our perspective, right? And I know Brennan too, we kinda are kindred spirits in the sense that uh I was raised by a single mom when I was a teenager, my parents got divorced, but my mom and Just a side note, my mom was the one who introduced me to the paranormal. She would read books about Ed Gein. She would read books about haunted stuff. And I'd always ask my mom, hey, mom, you know, what's this about? And she would, you know, hey, this is, this is what uh, it's all about and everything. So I think that was really interesting. Being that I didn't have a dad around, I was, you know, kind of open to my own devices. Hey, I'm gonna explore this, and I did some really stupid things that my son has not done. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, so, yes, and I don't even tell him about those things anymore. Where if he would do it, I would beat <laughs> the crap out of him. But uh, the whole point was, you know, that, you know, kind of that's where you kind of learned. My mom had such an open mind when she would talk to people. The only thing my mom would do differently was. She could meet a person and she wasn't judgmental, but she could meet a person and tell them whether they're a good or bad person. So it was, she was 100%. So when I'd bring my girlfriends home, for example, she'd be like, <laughs> nope, not going to work. And she'd always write. I, she'd meet my bosses and she'd be like, I quit. <laughs> and I'd be like, Mom, what do you, and she was always right. She could just read people. She wasn't a mystic. She wasn't a medium. She wasn't. She just had this sixth sense about her. And I think that's part of the reason it's gone to me is I can just, when I'm looking at paranormal stuff, when I'm reading things, I'm not like, okay, it's two guys on YouTube and they're in their backyard with a camera and (laughs) somebody's pulling up, whatever, you know, come on, man. You know, that I'm a little bit judgmental on, but still. Uh, But anyway, what I wanted to talk about today, kind of a segue, was, I wanted to talk about the show Ghostwatch, which actually was a mockumentary. And one of the things I'm bringing up here is, and I can't believe this, and Paul, uh, you know a little bit about this. Uh, And I just watched this over Halloween. So this is crazy to me. So it was a banned BBC show, a BBC show, excuse me, Ghostwatch, left traumatized viewers in tears and were unable to sleep for months. It, it was more than 30,000 frightened viewers complained about this terrifying show when it first broadcast 30 years ago. And just to give a brief idea, it, it came out Halloween night in 1992 at 9.25 p.m. It was a mockumentary, okay, about this poltergeist in this haunted house in Britain. And it was shown the first time on the BBC. and. The people who watch this show, which is crazy, this is a quote from a young woman called, uh, her name is Hoxiona. She said, worst thing I have ever watched. What made it worse was they said poltergeist targeted teenage girls, which we were at the time. And then this other person said, (laughs) here in prayers posted, I remember watching this show about the poltergeist called Pipes or Mr. Pipes. And I was crying my eyes out. I was so scared. I was 10 years old, and my dad was shouting at me, getting too upset, saying, Now, bloody calm down. So, (laughs) now, this is the only way I can describe this, and and, uh, is the War of the Worlds with Orson Welles in the 1930s, where he came out on radio saying there were aliens landed, and they're attacking the Earth. And you better grab your shotgun and start shooting things. And people were shooting, and I'm not kidding, water towers, (laughs) other people, (laughs) buildings, just opening fire randomly until they had to come on and say, hey, this is fake. Orson Welles was told by uh, whatever the broadcast he was doing over, you have to go on and tell people this is fake this is not people
1: st- they kept so, shooting just in case it had not stopped
0: for years. am i right paul oh go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so paul i'm going to defer to you is that true when you saw this was it like what
2: did you feel watching that and i kind of clocked halfway through it wasn't real and primarily okay. because what they did was they used real presenters. So none of the people who were the key characters in this play were actually actors. You had uh, Michael Parkinson, who was Britain's Britain's and Britain's version of Johnny Carson. He was like our premier talk show host. Mm. Um, And he had the best of the best, ironically from the same place I grew up in Barnsley in in South Yorkshire. Um, And, and then you had a couple of kids TV presenters involved as well um neither of whom's strong point was acting um so i'm i'm still i mean it was let's let's be honest though it was very honest i watched Mm. it on my own on halloween 1992 we'd just taken i just moved to sheffield and Mm. we were in a pub so i was on my own in a strange place with a howling (laughs) gale outside Sat next to an enormous, enormous window, which was like twenty foot by twenty foot, that kept yeah. wobbling in the wind, and I thought it was going to come in at any moment. Um, and so it, it, oh, it was very atmospheric, and it was very, uh, it was very frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, however, i I think this is one of those things that when everybody looks back now, it caused pandemonium. Yeah. But it, it happened a kind of couple of days later. When the media, the, all the newspapers in the UK got hold of it, said, "Oh, it's a disgrace!" Whoa, yeah, right, and right, right, that, right, That's when all the complaints went up because I, until I started podcasting, I'd never met anybody else who'd seen it mm-hmm. ever, or it had, or okay. it had affected them that much. Yeah. And even even at that particular period, none of my friends watched it that particular night. So mm. I'm not surprised that it, it's kind of become this mythos about the whole thing and how it deeply affected it because it didn't really kind of start being a problem until a, a, a young man who would got learning challenges oh, ended right. up taking his own life mm-hmm. and which was a couple of years afterwards, and his family were absolutely adamant. It was all down to this program, and they ended up doing a few reports and everything. That's wow. where the it really kicked off, but that didn't happen immediately. So it was it was one yeah. of those things where the media caught story, and 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 blew it open. This this number was open for quite a while. I think it was open yeah. for about a week, mm-hmm. and and it was a bit. I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things, and it's it's kind of there's a myth developed around it about it being banned from yeah. being shown, Correct. and that's not true. Oh, it was okay. it was stopped. It couldn't be broadcast because Guy Lyon Playfair, who was the original one of the two investigators of the Enfield poltergeist haunting. Oh right! If you watch Ghost Watch and you know anything about Enfield, it's essentially the same story, and it was a complete ripoff of Guy Lion Playfair's book, "This House Is Haunted." They just changed the names and everything, yeah, but it involved yeah. two girls living in a house being pestered by a, 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 an awful poltergeist. Mm. And I didn't know and that. And so Playfair sued them. Yeah, Playfair sued them, and I know this for a fact because. He wrote to the fourteen times in in twenty thirteen when they did a twenty uh, sorry twenty 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 twelve they did a twentieth anniversary special and yeah. th- this is when I found out about this myth and the reason it couldn't be shown again was that he sued them for plagiarism and copyright and it took him eleven years to sort it out, which is now when you see the credits at the end he's now listed. As a consultant and an executive oh, producer.
0: Wow. You heard it here first, folks, on Dairyland Frights. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. So it wasn't banned, it was okay. blocked by the law. Um, and that's all added to it. And the people involved in Ghostwatch have been very happy to promote the banning mm-hmm. theory mm-hmm. because obviously, a, a, you know, a screenplay writer, a, you know, an, an author doesn't want people to think that he's a. He's a plagiarist. Um, yeah. And so they're very happy to do that. But Guy Lyon played he wrote a letter, 2012, in the 14 Times, which is there. And it's amazing how many people have don't know that letter. And I'm, I had the pleasure of speaking to Guy, sadly, shortly before he died. So I've heard it from him as well, as okay. well as reading it. But it does seem to have gathered a life of its own. I know um, people say it inspired the Blair Witch, which it didn't yeah. either. They haven't seen it till after Blair Witch came out. But that's another thing that people say, oh, yeah, the the director of the Blair Witch watched it, and that's where he got the idea from. No, he didn't. No. (laughs) He'd never heard of it. So, um, but it's had a deep effect on a lot of people, especially in the British Paranormal service. But, you know, banned things don't get special edition re-releases on DVD and video, do they?
0: No. No, they don't. Um, and a shout out to uh, Kev from uh, We Need to Talk About Ghost, who I had on my uh, show, on my podcast. He said he called the number. He was 13 mm. at the time, all alone in the house. You know, come on. This is awesome, by the way. All alone in the house, 13. He did not hear the first part where they said, This is a drama. <laughs> I guess they said that first. He missed that. So he came in and he said, like you said, he sees uh, Parkinson, which is like, oh, my God, this must be real. If He's on this. You know, why would he be on this? It's like if we had in America, I would say it would be like Dan Rather or somebody like that. So, you know, like a water con you know, an icon in news. Come on and say, hey, everyone, there's a ghost in your house and I'm going to prove it. You might be like, damn, where's the ghost? (laughs) Right? Because it's him saying that. So he said when he saw that, and then the other people, he was like, okay. And he called the number, and it was engaged, and he was like, oh, my God. (laughs) What's going on here? And he's freaking out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So you said it didn't have that much of an effect on you, but it had more effect on other people later. Is that correct? I, yeah, right I mean, I
2: I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was it was very spooky and very atmospheric. And like I say, my personal circumstances on that particular night of viewing added to the ambiance of the production. Yeah, and, the wind, yeah. And it's you know it it is one of those things. I think that, that as you've mentioned there, there's another aspect of this that they keep saying, oh well, there was this big thing at the beginning that said it was a drama and whatever. No, there wasn't. There mm-hmm. was a. I think it was on screen for about two seconds, and it simply said "Screen One." and then the title, and then it started. So there was no real indication. Nobody came on beforehand going, oh, this is this is a drama, this is whatever. It just came up because it was part of a series of plays called Screen One. <laughs> and so the original idea was to broadcast it, basically giving the impression that it was a real news investigation. Mm-hmm. But the BBC insisted on having this title card at the start, but it was literally on screen for two seconds. So if you blinked yeah. or you'd looked away from the screen... Yeah you'd have probably missed it so yeah. th- there are so many things about this that it, it it's it's one of those things because memory's fallible for a lot of people as well as much as we think we can remember things as clear as day often our brain will just fill in gaps for no reason and yeah. um, yeah. and it works both sides both believers and skeptics and people say oh how did they not know it was real but mm. you know like kep says you know if you're a thirteen year old boy on your own like I say we both lived in the north of England it was Howling that night, so you'd got the weather. The clocks had just got, in fact, the clocks had just gone back that night. So it was pitch black outside, yeah, yeah, tipping yeah. it down. Oh, perfect! It's a perfect night to be terrified when you're thirteen. Yeah, yeah.
1: And can I so point out Brennan, that uh, questions for you? Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to point out that this never really got better for Kim because we had him on our show uh, for episode 156. He was a guest storyteller. And he was alone in his house his partner was out of town and we saw something move across the door frame behind him and then the door opened itself at one point on its own and it just scared the bejesus out of him and then we kind of went well bye we're going now and he's alone in his house
2: (laughs) yeah he he, he kept trying to rationalize it and I kept proving him wrong wow (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he kept saying, he kept saying, oh, the cat must be doing it. I said, no, a cat can't do that, can it? <laughs> Why that cat's not, that cat's with you. Why is the cat, how's the cat doing that? Yeah, yeah, it's sure. not a cat, Kev, is it? Yeah, they have one. Where <laughs> is it? Oh. Yeah. oh that's awesome. I have to be very, I have to be very kind about Kevin. He very, he very, I'm very humble about this. On, on his most recent episode, he described me as the Google of the paranormal. So I'll have <laughs> to send him a tenner in the post.
0: Are you going to get that on your license plate? Do you put that on your license plate and get a shirt made up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's only two hours across the country from me, so I'll have to pop over to Liverpool and buy him a pint. I haven't been to Liverpool for a while.
0: Awesome. So, Brendan, I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? Could you do something like this today? Could you have a ghost watch today?
1: I, that's a good question. I don't know. I think, may I mean, you, you maybe could. I mean, you could argue that that has become more common with stuff like Twitter and TikTok and other various forms of social media. I mean, there was that whole Dear David thread on Twitter.
0: Yeah,
1: the people were absolutely convinced was real, and I, you know, and that like they were hanging on to every. Every word, and it was clearly not true. But yeah, I mean, right. so I think you could. I don't think you would have big organization rolling the dice of their credibility like that anymore. Though maybe, like I think, I think it's so mm-hmm. much more fraught as to what's real and what's not. And I think like the credibility of the news media has been under for so long that I think that it, they would be like loathe to feed that anymore you know like sure. I, I think all, all it takes is one fake newscast for every idiot who's ever used the term news" to just mm-hmm. explode and glee um so like i, I think maybe you could yeah. like you could pull something like that <laughs> off maybe but i don't know if people would because i think it would be such a landmine but i don't, I don't know i mean um i hope they don't because that kind of stuff bugs the hell out of me Why, why, why that? Why, why? I don't like prank. That's just me. I don't, um, I don't (laughs) like prank. I don't like that kind of thing. Uh And also, I got a prank. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it, I think it hurts the feel of the paranormal. I agree. I, I
0: totally agree. Um, the other thing is you would have to give so many people involved, right? Like to pull this off, you would have to have like, I don't know, all the media, all social media, all like, maybe you would have to talk to your local power company or something. You know what I'm saying? You would have hmm. to like, have like everybody yeah. totally involved and you would have to stick to it. But. To the point where the the young gentleman with the the mental issues and the mental challenges killed himself. That's where you go. Okay, stop. Right, mm. like no. We, even though I know this is far away, whatever you know, time where with that it doesn't matter. Right now, you've hurt mm. people, and it shouldn't be well, like that. So
1: um, I, I'm I'm a little ahead. mixed on that because okay. like especially considering that happened a couple years after, like you, you can't predict how people are going to respond to media. Yeah. And okay. n- n- like, if, if it happened the day of the thing, sure, maybe, but like, yeah. this is, it, it was clearly entertainment, you know, so that it happened years later. I, I don't think that's the responsibility of, of the creators in that case.
2: Paul, what do you think? No, I I agree. I think because you know, the the there's scarier things that you can see. I mean, these mm. days you only have to log <laughs> online and you can yeah. see horrific things from the real world. Never mind the yeah. the the yeah. brain of a creator. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it's one of those things that I I think sometimes you can look at something that's happened and think, oh well, that that's entirely down to that, and you know, losing somebody under any circumstances in that way is always a tragedy for the for the people that are left behind. Right. Um and clearly there was some ongoing issues there regardless. But um I mean I'd I'd watch it if it was I mean, last year one of my favourite horror films of the year was was Deadstream, which is essentially oh, about sure. a, a a live streamer who does a real haunted house investigation. Yep. And it's brilliant. It's very funny. It's very similar to The Evil Dead. Um, and he people. has to do this live stream to regain credibility after being banned for having a fight with a tramp on a live stream. So he's trying yeah. to, he's trying to get all his sponsors back and build yeah, his yeah. credibility back. Uh-huh. And it all goes horribly wrong for him. But even all the way through that, people are going, "Oh, this is so fake! You're a loser! Mm-hmm. I hate you!" Mm-hmm. All the other way because it's got yeah, all the yeah. comments flying up the screen yeah. all the time. And it's it's brilliant. It's really funny. It's quite gory. It's a bit silly. But it yeah. kind of encapsulates that if you were gonna try and do that kind of thing now, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it would probably look like Deadstream and involve somebody as annoying as what mm-hmm. as the main character in Deadstream. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's 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 an interesting way how we've gone, you know, thirty years mm-hmm. on from really? Ghostwatch to Deadstream. You yeah. can see the the you can see the correlation of how it's been adapted and changed. And it mm. it is something that comes back round again. It certainly not that similar about a found footage thing because obviously ghost watch is a live thing deadstream's a live thing and often you'll get a lot of things that are done where we we find the tapes after everybody's disappeared yeah. into a portal to hell or something and <laughs> um, so they're quite different in that way but I, I you know deadstream is a is a brilliant example of how you could obviously it's a film and people know it's a film but i would imagine if you were going to pull something off it would look very similar to deadstream because you don't need major ma- media companies anymore. If you've got a tight knit mm-hmm. gang and you specialize yeah. in a certain thing, right. then you you could probably try something like that. And and to be fair, there's enough paranormal uh, online content of people who um, let's just say they're very economical with the reality of what they're broadcasting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. <laughs> I basically, basically like Brendan, you're going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so one of the things i always just a really quick sidetrack here why is there so many portals to hell that we can find but we don't have portals to heaven like literally you could go down to your grocery store there's a portal to hell in the frozen food section and like what (laughs) you guys have any thoughts on that i don't know every time i hear that i go there's a lot of portals to hell
1: my thinking along these lines is that if you've got a really great club, you don't want to tell people where it is, right? So heaven's like a great party. You don't <laughs> want people to find. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, do you have anything about the portals to hell? You got one? Yes. Uh, no, I don't have, we don't seem to get very many over here. It's weird. Um, anyway. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, the whole but... country, the whole country's a portal to hell here at the minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite horrifying as well, but mm. um, I think it's it, it's one of those things that if you, I, I read a brilliant article about this the other week, uh, kind of connecting the Warrens and the Exorcist, mm. and saying if you look at American paranormal research before 1973, it's all ghosts and light and lovely, mm. lovely things. And after, yeah. 19, after the exorcist, everybody yeah. starts hunting for demons and the devil, and he's everywhere. Yeah. And I'm sure that's purely coincidental, mm-hmm. purely coincidental. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. I'm always very cynical about things like this. And it, it's one of those things because, obviously, Britain is quite an agnostic country these days. We're not, mm. we're not overly religious here. Some people are, yeah. um, uh, depending on, on which particular media outlet they run and uh and and people sometimes get very irate about certain things, but you know they're very yeah. you know going to church is not a thing here um you know saying grace before meals or anything you know you get looked at really oddly if you start doing that here um but and you know and we're quite a quite an open minded country so it it is interesting for me as someone that has such a love of the paranormal from around the world there is a distinct distinction about certain areas of the U S where it is all demons and portals to hell and and damnation. And then you'll go to other States and you know, they're just ghosts being annoying. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, that's really interesting because like Savannah, Georgia, which I've been to a couple of times is one of the most haunted places in America, if not the world. Mm. And when I was there, my experience was yes there were there were areas especially when one we passed the Civil War cemetery where uh, just really quickly where the when Sherman was doing— I love history by the way so I'm going to bore you guys for a second <laughs> so anyway when Sherman was doing his march to the sea and he was just destroying everything in his path in the south when they got to Savannah they stopped to rest and they stopped to all places, a cemetery. And it was a cold night and all these soldiers took out these mausoleums, went in these mausoleums, took out the bodies, threw the bodies out, throw them away. Like they're trash. And they did that to other graves and stuff. And then they built fires in these mausoleums to keep warm and everything. And I'm like, oh, well, that's probably why that graveyard is (laughs) probably really haunted, right? You desecrated bodies. You desecrated everything. And when I was there, I was on a ghost tour, and it was very fun. Anyway, when I was walking past the cemetery at night, uh, I just felt weird. And I tried to take pictures with my iPhone. tried to take pictures. My iPhone would not work. That could be a million reasons, right? Uh, I tried it again and again nothing happened i got back to the hotel tried my iphone it worked perfectly but here's the funny thing everyone in savannah says every place is haunted so when i got back into the hotel the manager i'm walking past and and she looks at me she goes did did you just walk alone in downtown savannah i'm like yeah and she goes oh darling you do not do that (laughs) You could have gotten killed. So little did I know there's a high crime murder rate in Savannah uh, that there are gangs there that will kill you. And also, she said spirits will attach to you. So she was like, don't ever do that again. And she was adamant about it. And I'm like, wow. And that's the way people in Savannah, at least, they know everything's haunted. It's rich history. There's a terrible history of slavery and war. And that leads to, well, an imprint of terrible things, right? And especially with the paranormal. But they take it in a sense of respect. And, you know, like she was here. Like, almost like, do not do that again. She was like, Hmm. I will go with you. (laughs) Like, we will go together. Do not (laughs) do that again. And so the rest of the night, I slept with the lights on. <laughs> I was looking around the room, had the covers pulling up over my head like a little three-year-old. <laughs> you know, thanks, lady. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it comes down to that. So wrapping up here, because you guys have been generous of your time, and I truly totally appreciate it. Brennan, I'm going to ask you first. What is your bucket list, number one? you want to go to paranormal site anywhere in the world?
1: Probably Petra in Jordan is my like mm. want to go to place because I, I've, I've read about Jin allegedly being there. Um, I've just, ever since I was a kid, I think I saw it in the third Indiana Jones movie. And I've mm. always wanted to go yeah. there. I've just, yeah, I've always, and there's a, a series on Netflix called Jinn and it's not great, but it's it's Jordanian, if I remember correctly, yeah. and the yeah. first uh-huh. episode is set there, and it just, I don't know, I just really, that's always kind of called to
0: Yeah, yeah, and has there been a place, just really quickly, have you, and I don't know if you guys investigated all, or have you been to, where you've been to a place that shook you a little bit, or... You know, maybe you've been somewhere where again, you heard about and wanted to check it out.
1: I walked past the Cecil Hotel once in downtown LA. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't go inside, but just walking past it, man, it was like the eye of Sauron. I just it felt like someone was yeah. was like yeah. rubbing your your like uh-huh. third eye with sandpaper. It was a very intense feeling just walking past it. I can't mm-hmm. imagine actually going inside.
0: Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I hear you. So, Paul, same question. Bucket
2: list, where you would like to go, paranormal. Uh, Hoya Forest in Romania. Oh,
0: yes! Yeah, explain that to people who are not familiar with it. Can you give us, like, a brief idea? Because that is an awesome point.
2: Yeah, so it's this beautiful... I mean Romania itself is a is a beautiful and and much unloved country by the rest of mm-hmm. Europe. It's it's often looked down upon uh, mm-hmm. as a former as a former Soviet republic. But it's mm-hmm. you know, for anybody who loves the spooky, we're all entrenched in in a in a bit of a love affair with Romania because of Dracula. Um yeah. and so the Hoya Forest is this incredibly atmospheric portion of land that is some would say it is a, a thin veil between both sides, and it's supposed to be inhabited by numerous nefarious spirits from the other side who will often lead mm-hmm. travelers mm-hmm. to a disappearing or a sticky end. Um, so I'd like to go with plenty of people. Um <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, they can and make sure, first. Yeah, Well, you know... M- make sure I've Brennan, done some uh, good. <laughs> done some car- <laughs> done some cardio beforehand, so I can make sure I'm not the slowest person there,
1: <laughs> and uh,
2: and uh, and keep an eye out for the bears that wander around there. But yeah, that would definitely be mine especially in Europe. Yeah, yes,
0: and I've heard about this tourist too. Uh- Mine really quickly is the Japani- Japanese suicide forest, And I can never pronounce yeah. the name and I don't mm. want to offend the Japanese listeners if you're listening, but it's just so crazy with all the different things that have happened there. And I saw a documentary on it because people go there to commit suicide, which is horrible. Mm. And you can, they leave these ropes where you can go to, to find them because mm. you, Literally, we'll be walking. Oh, look at this beautiful forest. This is great. Uh, there's a dead guy hanging from a tree committed suicide, or you find huh. someone's tent and they've committed. It. And it, it's just to me, you, you walk in there and it's just people just say, just dread, just yeah. feeling of dread. And, and there are people that go around and when the people who want to kill themselves and they try talking to them to try to. So it's just terrible all that way around. And um, if I had a second place, I don't know if you've guys heard of ba- Bobby Mackey's. Yes. Um, yeah, it's where it's again no, The Hell Portal Yes, thank you, <laughs> Hell Portal Satanism, all this Great stuff, uh, I want to head out There sometime and check that out So, so guys, thank you So much, uh, again, appreciate Your time, love your podcast um, Do you want To bring up anything, anything coming up For either one of you that you guys want to share With my spooky friends?
1: Uh You'll just say, you know, you can check us out at ghoststoryguys.com. We're on podcast platforms everywhere. Again, the show is The Ghost Story Guys. And I am on Instagram threads, Blue Sky, and Letterboxd as largely the truth. Feel free to follow me there.
2: Nice. Yeah, nice and I'm everywhere talk. as Mysteries and Monsters, which is my other show because I, uh, you know, I, I don't like having free time. and uh, No, and so- why should you? <laughs> That's done that. So yeah, you can do that, but I'm also very proud today. I'm going to surprise Brennan as well because he doesn't know this. Um I've just had my first published blurb today on a book. Um, and so I'm on on the, on the back cover of Ruth Roper Wilde's fabulous new Nine. collection of true ghost stories from the United Kingdom. Hell yeah. Nice.
0: I I will have a pint for you tonight. I got some Guinness. <laughs>
2: I'll have that for you, Paul. Good man. Don't have awesome. too many though.
0: Well, I'm like I got a full house here. I got a yeah. dog, two cats, two kids, and a wife.
2: Yeah, yeah. Six, so. six cans then.
0: <laughs> Probably a gold. <goat. laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Well, All listen, right. don't,
2: don't take advice from me. I'll tell you that I'm the last, but per- I'm, I'm the one that will be telling you to have yeah. Morganis, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I hear you.
0: <laughs> I hear you, my friend. So thank you so much And if you guys ever want me to be on as a guest I'm more than welcome to To bring some of my crazy kooky ideas Uh, I got (laughs) Kev I suckered Kev Into letting me be a guest on his show Because I have stories about Ed Gein And Jeffrey Mm. Dahmer. They're not my stories But they're some personal stories From friends of the family That are Mm. spooky as hell Creepy Hmm. as hell um, That I would love to share with you Uh, One just quick teaser for your audience and my audience is that my mom's friend was the head nurse when Ed Gein was spending his remaining years in a mental hospital. So Mm. she saw him every day. She waited on him. And I got a great story with that. Hmm. And then Jeffrey Dahmer, my cousin, worked with Jeffrey Dahmer. When he was in his heyday, when he was cutting people's you know what's off and <laughs> trying to make sex slaves and putting Windex in people's eyes. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So yeah. I well, it's always, like it's that, always yeah. best
2: to say they're other people's stories if the police are asking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we... uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh shit, we're on you. camera. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Before we wind up, though, I always end every podcast episode and say hi to your ghost. Sue, ghost. Because you never know. You might have a ghost there. Hi, Brennan, ghost. there's someone in the backseat of your car with a knife. I just wanted to tell you that. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I'm not locked in here with him. He's locked in here with
2: me.
0: <laughs> I knew it.
2: Like <laughs> shark.
0: So, guys. Stay spooky. Love you. Hopefully, we can talk soon sometime. And you guys have a great weekend. Thanks,
2: Thank you Matt. very much. Thank you for the invitation. Take care. Bye
0: bye.